Chapter Four of How to Appreciate Music. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. How to Appreciate Music by Gustav Cobbe. Chapter Four Dawn of the Romantic Period all art begins with a groping after form then attains form and then emancipates itself from too great insistence upon rigidity of form without however reverting to its early formless condition it was absolutely necessary to the establishment of music as an art that at some period or periods in its development it should pull itself together and focus itself in certain forms and adhere to them somewhat rigidly and somewhat tenaciously until they had been perfected without saying so in as many words i have sought in speaking of the sonata to let the modern lover of music know that if he does not like sonatas he need not be ashamed of that fact a few minutes ago and before writing this sentence i left my desk and going to the pianoforte played through beethoven's sonata pathetique it used to be a thrilling experience to play it or to hear it played to-day the grave which introduces the first movement still seemed portentous the individual themes throughout the work had lost none of their beauty and yet the effect produced in earlier years by this sonata as a whole was lacking i shall not say that it sounded pedantic for i dislike to apply that word to anything that sprang from the heart and brain of a genius like beethoven's but there was a feeling of restraint about it the restraint of set form the restraint of pathos patterned to measure which is incompatible with our modern notions of absolute freedom of expression in music moreover there is ample evidence that beethoven himself chafed under the restraint of the sonata form and constantly strove to make it more elastic and more yielding to his inspiration what a sonata is the sonata form that is to say the movement from which the sonata derives its name consists of three main divisions and can easily be studied by securing the bulow and lebert edition of the beethoven sonatas in schirmer's library in which the various divisions and subdivisions are indicated as they occur in the music the first division sometimes with a slow introduction like the grave of the sonata pathetique may be called the exposition it consists of the main theme in the key of the piece a connecting episode a second theme in a related key and contrasting with the first and a concluding passage as a rule the exposition is repeated an extremely artificial proceeding since there is no aesthetic or psychological reason for it after the exposition comes the second division 
the development or working out a treatment of both themes with much figuration and imitation generally called the free fantasia and consisting chiefly of a free development of motives taken from the first part baker this leads into the third division which is a restatement of the first excepting that the second theme instead of being in a related key is like the main theme in the tonic how beethoven enlarged the form this is the form of the sonata movement which was handed down to beethoven by haydn and mozart it very soon became apparent that the greatest genius of the classical period found it too limited for his inspiration in his third sonata opus two number three he makes several innovations that for their day are most daring following the first episode after the main theme he introduces a second episode with which he leads into the second theme then using a variant of the first episode as a connection he leads over to a third a closing theme in fact the material of the second episode is so thematic that i see no reason why he should not be said to use four themes in the exposition instead of the customary two in the free fantasia he insistently reiterates the main theme practically ignoring the others thus familiarizing the listener with it and making it as welcome as an old friend when the third division ushers it in again instead of closing the movement at the end of the usual third division as his predecessors haydn and mozart did beethoven introduces what is one of the most important innovations grafted by him upon the sonata form a coda with a cadenza i can imagine that this movement made his contemporaries look dubious and shake their heads it must have seemed to them originality strained to the point of eccentricity and more bizarre than effective as we look back upon it after this long lapse of time it must be reckoned a most brilliant achievement in the direction of freer form and from this point of view please bear in mind the reservation its creator not only never surpassed it but frequently fell behind it one of the movements of this sonata is a scherzo beethoven is the creator of this style of movement it is much less formal than the minuet which haydn introduced into the sonata this especial scherzo has a trio which in the broad sweep of its arpeggios is as modern-sounding as anything Beethoven wrote for the pianoforte. His Moonlight Sonata There are other sonatas by Beethoven that indicate efforts on his part to be less trammelled by considerations of form regard as an example the sonata quasi una fantasia opus twenty seven number two generally and by no means inaptly called the moonlight sonata this begins with the broad and beautiful slow movement with its sustained melody a poem of profound pathos in musical accents 
it is followed by an allegretto in fleur entre deux abîmes a flower twixt two abysses liszt called it and then comes the concluding movement a presto agitato which is one of beethoven's most impassioned creations there are only three movements and the usual sequence is inverted for the last of the three is the sonata movement at the end of the adagio sostenuto and at the end of the allegretto as well is the direction attacca subito il seguente indicating that the following movement is to be attacked at once and denoting an inner relationship a psychological connection between the three movements throughout the work the themes are of extraordinary beauty and expressiveness even for a beethoven and the whole is a genuine drama of human life and experience this impression is produced not only by the very evident psychological connection between the movements but by the manner in which the composer holds on to his themes developing them through bar after bar as if he himself appreciated their beauty and were reluctant to let go of them and introduce new material the entire first movement practically a song without words of the most exquisite poignancy is built on a single motive with a brief episode which is more like an improvisation than a set part of a movement while the last movement consists of four eloquent themes with only the merest suggestion of connecting episodes the working out in the last movement is almost wholly a persistent iteration of the second theme this persistent dwelling upon theme and the psychological relation between the different movements make this moonlight sonata to me the most modern sounding of beethoven's pianoforte works although when mere structural greatness is considered most critics will incline to rank it lower than the sonata appassionata and the four last sonatas opus one hundred and six and one hundred and nine through eleven undoubtedly however it is the most temperamental of his sonatas and herein again the most modern my one quarrel with von bulow is that he made it so popular by his frequent playing of it and his exceptionally poetic interpretation of it that the great virtuosos shun it very much as they shun the sixth chopin waltz madame dudevant's dog chasing its own tail because it is played by every pianoforte pupil of every girl's boarding-school everywhere striving for freedom in addition to what i have said of this sonata it was an immense gain for greater freedom of form and it is to be regretted that it is a more or less isolated instance and that beethoven did not adopt it as a standard in shaping his remaining sonatas its most valuable attribute from the modern point of view is a characteristic to which i already have called attention several times the fact that its several movements stand in psychological relation to one another 
that there is such real soul or temperamental connection between them that it would be doing actual violence to the work as a whole if any one movement were to be played without the others or if their sequence were to be inverted but you may ask is there not in all sonatas this psychological interrelationship of the several movements have we not been told again and again that there is undoubtedly you and others who have been misinformed by enthusiasts who are unable to hear music in anything that has been composed since beethoven have been told so but the sonata with a few exceptions like the moonlight is simply a group usually of four movements three long ones with a shorter one between and save for their being in related keys there is no temperamental relationship between the movements whatsoever and to talk of there being such a thing is nonsense i believe the time will come when virtuosos will not hesitate to lift single movements out of the beethoven sonatas and place them on their programmes and that there will be a sigh of relief from the public because it can hear a movement that still sounds fresh and modern without being obliged to listen to two or three others that do not heresy maybe galileo was accounted a heretic yet the world moves and the musical world with it the beethoven periods beethoven was an intellectual as well as a musical giant he thought before he wrought the division of his activity into three periods in each of which he is supposed to have progressed further along the road of originality and greatness is generally accepted nevertheless it is an arbitrary one especially as regards the pianoforte sonatas since it has been seen that the first movement of one of his earliest works the third sonata opus two number three is one of his most original contributions to music and one of the most strikingly developed movements in sonata form that he has given us the period division which assigns this sonata as well as the sonata pathetique to the first period is absurd the fact is that the works of the so-called first and second periods overlap but there is a decided change in his style when we come to his third period which in the pianoforte sonatas begins with opus one hundred nine the beginning of this period usually is assigned to the sonata opus one hundred one which seems to me too early because here a restless spirit seems to be brooding over his work it is thought by some that his mind and heart were warped by his misfortunes his deafness the ingratitude of a worthless nephew to whom he had been as a father and other family and material troubles to me however beethoven seems in these sonatas to be chafing more and more under the restraint of form and to be struggling to free himself from it bending all his intellect to the task 
frankly i do not think that in these last sonatas he achieved his purpose he had outgrown the form he himself had perfected and the thoughts which towards the last he endeavoured to mould in it called for absolutely free and untrammelled development he had become too great for it and as a result it cramped and hampered him in his latest utterances it is my firm belief that had beethoven come upon the scene fifty years later he would not have composed a single sonata but have revived the suite in modern style as schumann practically did in his carnaval kreisleriana and fassingschwank aus wien or have created for the pianoforte something corresponding to the freely developed tone poems of richard strauss because however beethoven wrote thirty-two pianoforte sonatas and because he was for many years the all-dominating figure in the musical world every great composer who came after him and composed for the pianoforte experimented with the sonata form and always be it noted with less success and less importance to the real progress of music toward freedom of expression than when he followed his own inner impulse and wrote the mood pieces the music of intention the subjective expressions of indicated thoughts and feelings that were more consonant with the tendencies of the romantic period which followed beethoven and for which he may be said to have paved the way for just as bach brought the contrapuntal form to such perfection that those who came after him could not even begin where he left off let alone surpass him so beethoven brought the sonata form to such perfection that no further advance in it was possible no wonder therefore that the pianoforte sonatas of the romanticists are comparatively few in number and the least satisfactory of their works these composers seem to have written sonatas simply to show that they could write them and under a mistaken idea that length is a measure of greatness and that shorter pieces are minor achievements whereas as much genius can be displayed in a nocturne as in a sonata sonatas now old-fashioned lawrence gilman one of our younger american critics in his phases of modern music a collection of essays brief but containing a wealth of suggestion and breathing throughout the spirit of modernity sums up the matter in speaking of edward macdowell's celtic sonata i cannot help wishing that he might contrive some expedient for doing away so far as he himself is concerned with the sonata form which he occasionally uses rather inconsistently as a vehicle for the expression of that vision and emotion that are in him for generally speaking and in spite of the triumphant success of the celtic mr macdowell is less fortunate in his sonatas than in those freer and more elastically wrought tone poems in which he voices a mood or an experience with epigrammatic concision and directness the celtic succeeds in spite of its form 
though even here and notwithstanding the freedom of manipulation one feels that he would have worked to still finer ends in a more flexible and fluent form he is never so compelling so persuasively eloquent as in those impressionistically conceived pieces in which he moulds his inspiration upon the events of an interior emotional programme rather than on a musical formula necessarily arbitrary and anomalous this applies to pianoforte music in general since beethoven such i believe to be the consensus of opinion among the younger generation of critics to whom after all the future belongs as well as the opinion of those older critics who refuse to allow themselves to be pitchforked by their years into the ranks of the old fogies and who still hold themselves ever receptive to every new manifestation in music that is based on a union of mind and heart unless otherwise specifically mentioned i have in speaking of the sonata form referred to it in connection with the pianoforte but it also is the form employed for the symphony which simply is a sonata for orchestra for pianoforte trios quartets and quintets for string quartets and other branches of chamber music which are sonatas written for the combination of instruments mentioned and such others as are employed in chamber music and for concertos which are sonatas for the combination of a solo instrument like the pianoforte violin or violoncello with orchestra in these branches the sonata form has held its own more successfully than on the pianoforte and for several extraneous reasons in the symphony it is due largely to the greater variety that can be achieved through orchestral colouring in chamber music largely to the somewhat super-refined and timorous taste of its devotees which would regard any startling innovation as highly indecorous and in the concerto to the fact that a soloist who appears at an orchestral concert is supposed to play a concerto simply because the orchestra is there to play it with him although he as well as the audience probably would find a group of solos far more effective in fact i think that much of the applause which usually follows a great pianist's playing of a concerto is due not so much to the audience's enthusiasm over it as to the hope that he may be induced to come out and play something alone so far as the symphony is concerned it is liberating itself more and more from the sonata form and taking the direction indicated by liszt in his symphonic poems and by richard strauss in his tone poems the freest form of orchestral composition yet conceived the first romantic composers in music as in other arts periods overlap we have seen that during bach's life scarlatti in italy was laying the foundations of the harmonic system and shaping the outlines of the sonata form which was to develop through philipp emmanuel bach haydn and mozart 
and find its greatest master in beethoven likewise even while beethoven was creating those works which are the glory of the classical period two of his contemporaries karl maria von weber who died one year before him and franz schubert who survived him by only a year were writing music which was destined to turn the art into new channels weber seventeen eighty six to eighteen twenty six is indeed regarded as the founder of the romantic school through his opera der freischutz it seems to me however that schubert seventeen ninety seven to eighteen twenty eight contributed quite as much to the new movement through his songs while the contributions of both to the pianoforte are important weber was a finished pianist had an enormous reach he could stretch a twelfth and besides utilizing the facility thus afforded him to add to the brilliancy of pianoforte technique as in his well-known concert piece for piano and orchestra he deliberately in some of his compositions ignored the sonata form and wrote a momento capriccioso a polonaise a rondo brillante a polacca brillante and the fascinating invitation to the dance the last even in its original form and without the elaborations in tausig's version of it and the concert piece still are brilliant and effective numbers in the modern pianoforte repertoire considering the age in which they were composed their freedom from pedantry is little short of marvellous schubert's pianoforte music schubert was not a virtuoso and passed his life almost in obscurity but we now recognize that although he lived but thirty-one years few composers wrought more lastingly than he of course the proper place for an estimate of his genius is in the chapter on song but as a pianoforte composer he is even to this day making his influence more and more felt living in vienna beethoven's city and a fervent admirer of that genius it was natural that he should have composed sonatas and there is a whole volume of them among his pianoforte works nevertheless so original was his genius and so fertile but in addition to his numerous other works he composed eight impromptus among them the highly poetic one in g flat major opus forty two number two usually called the elegy another in b flat major opus one hundred and forty two number three which is a theme with variations some of them brilliant others profoundly expressive and the beautifully melodious one in a flat major six dainty moments musicaux the exquisite little waltz melodies from which liszt fashioned the soirée de vienne the fantasia in g from which the popular minuet is taken and the broadly dramatic fantasia on a theme from his song the wanderer for which liszt wrote an orchestral obbligato thus converting it into a highly effective and thoroughly modern fantasy for pianoforte and orchestra 
these detached compositions are as eloquent in their appeal to-day as if they had been written during the last ten years instead of during the first quarter of the last century they are melodious with the sustained melody that delights the modern ear there is not as in the sonata form or for that matter in all the classical music that schubert heard around him the brief giving out of a theme then an episode then another brief theme and so on all couched in the formulas in which the classicists delighted but instead of these postulates of formality melody fully developed and wrought out by one who revelled in it and was willing that his hearers should revel in it as well to distinguish between the classicists and this early romantic composer whose work survives in all its freshness and beauty to this day it may be said that their music was thematic based on the kind of themes that lent themselves to formal working out as prescribed by the sonata formula whereas these detached pieces of schubert are based on melodies long drawn out melodies if you wish and be grateful that they are that conjure up mood pictures and through their exquisite harmonization exhale the very fragrance of romanticism naturally the sonatas from his pen are more set nevertheless so long as it seems that we must have sonatas on our recital programmes the neglect of those by schubert is shameful i am willing to stake his sonata number five in a minor against any sonata ever written and from several of the sonatas single movements can be detached which i should think any pianist would be glad to add to his repertoire among these is the lithesome scherzo from the sonata number no. ten in b flat major and the beautiful slow movement andante sostenuto from the same work schubert also wrote many valuable pianoforte duets among them several sets of marches and polonaises and an elaborate and stirring divertissement à l'angoise which last seems to foreshadow the hungarian rhapsodies of liszt in these and the detached pianoforte solo pieces a special value lies in that they do not appear to have been composed as a protest against the sonata form but spontaneously and without a thought on schubert's part that he was doing anything in any way remarkable they are expressions of musical feeling in the manner that appealed to him as most natural the moments musicaux especially are little mood pieces and impressionistic sketches with here and there a bit of realism who for example is apt to forget esipov's playing of the third moment in hungarian style with a long crescendo and diminuendo the same effect used by rubinstein when he played his arrangement of the turkish march from beethoven's ruins of athens so that it seemed as if a band of gypsies approached from afar danced by and vanished in the distance thoroughly modern is schubert 
a most modern of the moderns whether we listen to his original pianoforte compositions or to the schubert liszt waltzes or hark hark the lark to be sung on the water Barcarolle, and other songs of his which have been arranged for the pianoforte by liszt mendelssohn's songs without words felix mendelssohn bartholdi the musical idol of his day and now correspondingly neglected contributed to the romantic movement his songs without words short pieces for the pianoforte and aptly named because their sustained melody clearly defined against a purposely subordinated accompaniment gives them the character of songs in the popular meaning of the word mendelssohn was a fluent gentlemanly composer whose music was readily understood and therefore attained immediate popularity but the very qualities that made it popular its smoothness and polish and its rather commonplace harmlessness have caused it to lose caste the songs without words however still occupy a place in the music-master's curriculum forming a graceful and easily crossed bridge from classical to romantic music i can remember still when as a lad i received from my music-teacher my first mendelssohn song without words the g minor barcarolle how it seemed to open up a new world of music to me many of these compositions which are unique in their way still will be found to possess much merit that they are polished little pieces and poetic in feeling almost goes without saying the spring song may be one of the most hackneyed of pianoforte pieces and the same may be true of the spinning song but it is equally true that the former is as graceful and charming as the latter is brilliant and showy a tender and expressive little lyric is the one in f major number twenty two which Josephi frequently used as an encore and played with exquisite effect a group of mendelssohn's songs without words is never out of place on a pianist's programme at least half a dozen of them i think are apt to survive the vicissitudes of many years to come mendelssohn wrote three sonatas a sonate ecossaise scotch several capriccios and other pieces for the pianoforte besides two pianoforte concertos of which the one in g minor is the stock selection of conservatory pupils at their graduation exercises and later at their debut with it they shoot the musical shoots end of chapter four recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey